Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. I'm here with the coach, John Brent. And I'm here with the vet, Mr. Ann Griffin. What is going on, Coach? Man, it's a great day. We got a packed house. I know. I see this. I see a bunch of good-looking military guys. I feel like I'm out of sorts. I shouldn't be here with all this greatness, all these service people. I feel like I'm about to learn something. Maybe even some new curse words. I hear a lot of people in the Army and Navy, Air Force, Marines always curse a lot. Yeah, I think we can fill you in on those curse words for sure. So let me introduce them to you, Coach. So the first one we got here is a guy named Tom Krupp, who I served with a long time. I think we got more shenanigans than uh, any two service members ever could. So go ahead, Tom. Let's let's hear a little bit about yourself here, and I'm going to throw a couple pictures up while you talk. Yeah. So um, so first of all, so John, I don't I don't ever curse. Don't ever do. <laughs> So, oh, so okay. it's, it's not going to happen. Wow. <laughs> but we got the pictures already. <laughs> you wow. I thought you were going to just throw up a swear word, Sergeant Major. Yeah. Yeah. But, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're trying to do that. But, man, no, thanks so much for having me on, uh, guys. Um, really appreciate it. Season two, no less. Congratulations to both of you. That's absolutely yeah. fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> You know, been, uh, been 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 watching what you guys do, and uh, and I just think it's fantastic. So the only thing I want to do is just say real quick. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think it's it's worthwhile to say, like for real. I want to authentically say, you know, I I have known you probably find out that I've known uh, Sergeant Major Ian Griffin for quite a while since I first came in. You know, the military uh, as a lieutenant, and he was my you know first platoon sergeant. Um, Really, you know, from you know from the get go, and so all my failures are basically his. So, <laughs> so let's wow. get that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't dispute that. <laughs> so you know, it's shared responsibility. So, uh, but but for real, you know, so Ian could be doing anything. I mean, he's uh, obviously you know uh, retired uh, on the top of his game and uh, making things happen. And so, you know, for me to see, you know, Ian doing this, you know, project like this, um, you know, and, and having people on and really promoting other people because, I mean, already both you guys uber successful uh, and, and taking time to do this, I think is, um, well, it's really huge. I mean, you guys are beacons. It's, uh, it, you know, it's a huge thing to do, uh, you know, to put your time, you know, um, uh, against these types of things. And, and people generally don't don't do it. And so I'm, I'm really in awe of, uh, of guys like you, frankly. And it just goes to show that, um, you know, uh, I, I'm just happy to have been able to continue a relationship with him over these years. Um, 
because it makes me feel good selfishly that I think that there's either two things. One, <laughs> he's still got a lot of work that he's got to do <laughs> with me. <laughs> and it's, yeah, that the mentorship piece is not over yet, which is absolutely true. Uh, or, or two, you know, you know, the friendship piece has developed and, um, because of just the, the great human being, uh, that the Sergeant Major is. And so, and I know you see that, John, I know that you have to be exactly like that in order to, you know, have a relationship with, uh, with Sergeant. So, uh, so I wanted to put that out. So don't, don't cry yet. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. You sure are cry, baby. <laughs> so, so real quick. I want to put a picture of you up here with, with, with something near and dear to me. And uh, that's us in Afghanistan with a, my oldest son. And he only been in theater a couple of days. And uh, and I remember when you even had him over the house when he was like real little and such. And, uh, and it's kind of strange how our families evolved. And uh, we've done a lot of things together when you think about it. We've been to Italy together. We've been to the Bridge of Ramagan together. We've been to Afghanistan oh, yeah. together. We've been to uh, whatever the damn place is. It's former Russia that was north of Afghanistan together. And yeah. uh, and we've done some pretty freaking cool crap, you know. And uh, that's kind of strange that it turned out that way. And, yeah. I mean, I even named my son after one of your sons. I mean, because I just thought it was the coolest name ever, you know. So, anyway, yeah, yeah. Tom, it's freaking awesome to have you on here. And I'm well, excited about this. Thank you for inviting me, for sure. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. I'm going to throw it over to Andrew now. Who Andrew, I used to work with. And Andrew, uh, we were in the 541st together. He was in the 24 trans, which you can't hardly see it, but it's right there in the video. Anyway, and uh, we were over in Fort Riley, Kansas together. And uh, he's done a lot of great things with the Army. And I want to throw it over to Andrew for him to talk for a few minutes. And then we're going to get on to moving on to with the show. Go ahead, Andrew. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Ian, just, just like Tom said, there's probably a, a whole lot of mentorship. I've, I probably missed out from you, but uh, I'm glad that we were able to stay in touch with one another. And, you know, it's been a pleasure. Went from uh, Fort Riley up to Alaska, got to jump on the lovely Malamute drop zone a plethora of times. Uh, I even had, I, I was even blessed to have my company commander, uh, land on my head. That was, that was pretty interesting, you know, quite a big area, but you know, she found my noggin, but, uh, you know, from there, you know, hit Hawaii, did a lot of, uh, a lot of good training, uh, with, um, the, uh, wolfhounds over there. So that was, that was pretty interesting working in a, uh, FSC for them. And uh, now I'm currently stationed in uh, Fort Lewis, Washington. I got my uh, stepson, my wife, and then our three-year-old toddler, uh, Johnny. He's floating around here somewhere. But uh, it's been really, really nice. I've been working with, uh, when I first got here, I was with a uh, composite truck company, uh, 523rd CTC out of the uh, 13 CSSB. And uh after three years, it was just kind of time to just, you know, take a knee and, you know, kind of fall back and let uh, some of the younger guys kind of take the lead for a while. So uh, I interviewed with the uh, soldier recovery unit and I'm a squad leader there now. And I got, I got to tell you some of the best soldiers that I've worked for. Uh, it's very, very rewarding. Uh, it's always nice to see the soldiers that, uh, you know, tr um, move on from the military and you know, watch the things that they've accomplished. But, just like anything, you know, with a soldier comes a little bit of trouble. And I tell everybody, 
I tell everybody the same thing. It's it's a different kind of stress, but whoo, oh my God. <laughs> they weren't kidding whenever I interviewed, man. Good Lord. <laughs> Andrew, I want to put a picture up real quick and I think the coach has something for you, okay? Go ahead, coach. No, go ahead with the picture. I want to see the picture. So what do we got here, Andrew? Because I think we got some con contention here on this here. Who is this? So I was told that that was, you know, Iron Mike. And that's where I, that's, that's where I was uh, told to meet uh, my VP whenever we, uh, we're, we're actually getting an uh, article written in the uh, Ranger newspaper on uh, Fort Lewis. And uh, that, that's where we were uh, told to go meet. So that's what I identified it as. I, I can't lie, but I'll be more than glad to go take a picture of the plaque for you. No, I, I believe you, but but Tom, and, and I've been at Bragg, and, and he's got he's got an Iron Mike from Bragg. Let me close yours out a second here, and that's an Iron Mike that I know that all those braggers know, and uh, go run around Iron Mike, you know, and all that other stuff. You, you know what I see? That? I, you know what I see can that? somebody explain to me what that means? Iron Mike. Uh, I, I'm going to throw it yeah, over to What is that? Because there might be some people that don't have a food. Yep, yep. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just seeing it is his iron mic is the start and mine's the finish. Well, I'm going to put your picture back up a second because your iron mic looks like he's saying like something like follow me. And, uh, that's, a, that's a big ranger term is follow me. And that's kind of what he's doing is follow me into battle. Now, the one that Tom has, there's a statue on Fort Bragg okay. that's enormous. And the soldiers yeah. run around the statue, and people do pictures there. I mean, they come all over the world to go to take pictures next to Iron Mike. But Iron Mike's supposed to be like this rugged infantryman who can conquer all. Right, right. Yeah, so it's about the, um, you know, it, it's supposed to depict a paratrooper. It was based on Sergeant, a Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major Runyon, I believe, uh, the 82nd. Um Back check myself there, but yeah, that's the um, that's that that's who it is, Sergeant Major James Runyon. Yeah, that's the model. So it's supposed to be you know represent all airborne troopers, right? He's got that nice uh, you know uh, submachine gun there uh, that they used to have uh, as a paratroop uh, gun. So I know that uh, <laughs> the end likes all that stuff. He's probably got one uh, under his uh, his chair right now. <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Tom, I owe you an answer. So, Coach, what, what questions you got here real quick? Well, first first and foremost, I'll tell you one of the things that you guys, I haven't never met you guys. I'm a head football coach. One of the things about that I can tell that I love so much about people in the military, my, my sister and her and her husband are were living in the D.C. area. He was actually Obama's head mechanic on Air Force One for about seven years. So he was at Andrews. And she was at Fort Meade in the NSA. But one of the things that I always thought that was, a, a, you know, very similar between being a coach and, and having teammates is the camaraderie that happens in the military with the soldiers. I mean, they have such great friends and they have such great friendship that have lasted a number of years. I have friends that are mine to this day. And, you know, I'm 50 that I had in high school playing sports with. And it's continuing known now as being a, a coach. So it's one of the things that I love when I see this right here. It makes me smile because. You know, you, you have a lifelong of friendship that you guys went and served to protect people like us all around the world. But now that you're back, uh, you know, Sergeant Major Griffin is back here and he's still friends with you guys. It's still that's that's what it's all about. I mean, I love that. I love that part about this. So, yeah, I want to I want to ask Tom a 
couple questions first because I hear you got a couple books out. And I have to ask a question about one of them. When I read the title, I'm like, what in the hell is this? So what does it mean when it says the demon the demon of bag hoarding? Is that right? <laughs> John, so so I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I uh uh so yes, a little selfish you know, promotion here for sure. And again, you know, you know, I, I just really appreciate you, you know, you guys and your time here. But yeah, yeah. So I, I did retire and immediately dropped a couple of books, you know, but look, anybody can do that right now. So this is uh this is a great thing about America and about living in this time is that you can I mean, you don't you don't need an agent. I mean, you don't need anything. You can go on Amazon and and you know you can put your stuff out there. So, I, you know, so that being said, okay, it's a uh, you know it's a vanity project for sure. But yeah, the the, the one you're talking about, um, the Demon of Baghdad. This one, um, you know, this so this was the second one that I came out with. And look look at how thick this is, Sergeant Major. You're right. Wow. <laughs> I'm thick. Yeah. So anyway, um, and it's like font nine. Yeah, yeah, worked, yeah, worked on these for you know for, for quite a while, and you know, really, like I said, they were kind of you know things that I'd always wanted to do. And the good thing is that you know the military kind of allowed me to do that and, and allowed me to live like these you know the life where I was able to you know get out. You know, in different places, like in the case of um, of this book here, you know, you talk about camaraderie and so forth. It, so this is so. See, uh, so Star Major knows who this is. It's uh, you know, it's the lieutenant that we serve. You know, he's a captain now, but he's, well, he's out. He's he, you know, he's out of the army now. But uh, but he was a lieutenant that we served with. Uh, Henry Chan is uh, you know was the model for this, and you know, I needed somebody um, who I knew that had you know certain types of weaponry and stuff. The of the guy that. Uh, you know, I was writing about, and it just so happens you can call up a buddy, and, and you know, give him this wild idea. You're like, "Hey, man, can you pose for the?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, dude, I'll do so it." So what we're saying is, this is not. Yeah, so this isn't a, a, a photo of him actually out in battle. Is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, you know, not just <laughs> oh uh, you know, you can call on your friends, you know, <laughs> to do these things and, and he's willing to do it. And not only that, but super excited about it. And hey, let me give you all this uh this great uh video and all this great commentary about, you know, because the, the character in this has an MP5. And so he's like, Okay, well what kind it is? What's it got? Because he's got like four of these things. <laughs> Yeah, and he said, "Hey, here's all here's all the technical things you need to know. And look, you need to put all that in the book. And and I did, and I did. So it's in there. So you know, you you, you try to get authentic, but yeah, that you know that book is uh you know it was the action typical action adventure type of thing. I said, you know, you know I wanted to write something that was fun and you know, that I could share with my boys too. I got two you know two boys, both of them in the military, and um." You know, uh, Ian as well has got his kids, you know, and you, you think about, you know, kind of your project that you want to pass on. And so, you, you know, that was one thing that I thought would would be fun to do. And so I worked on that for quite a while. Actually, I started it when I was in, in Iraq because obviously it's set in Iraq. Um, but it's, you know, it's a sci-fi type of thing. 
And, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about types of movies that, that, uh, that we liked and I've got, I just came to a conclusion that basically I just rewrote one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I just, I just realized that, that I basically, I hope nobody listening. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> but uh, anyway, no, yeah. we need as many people listening. Oh, as anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that one, but yeah, you know, so, so, so coach, I, I want to say this and I'm going to throw up a slide of his, his two uh, uh, books, but before uh, Tom, the coach and I challenged each other to write a book this year. Now, what you don't know, coach, is I always joked with Tom that I would write a porno book in the version from the mindset of a woman. And uh, I said it would sell record sales. And we've joked about this all the time. I'll buy it. Tom, I am not writing that book. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> so I'm writing a different book. Uh, maybe later, maybe that might be my second book. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to start off with something more more traditional. Let's just say that. So, hey, as a good friend, as a great friend, as a great. Can't hear you, coach. You're muted. I said, Go ahead. hey, as a great friend that I would be that I will pose for the. <laughs> You'll pose for the cover. Too easy. We just got to get you some locks like a Fabian or whatever that guy's name was. So let me throw this picture up here real quick. And these are his books, The Iron Hand and The Demon of Baghdad. And, you know, when it says the confessions, the first thing I think of is something probably I shouldn't be thinking of. But anyway, uh, but I'm going to talk about the Iron Hand for a second. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, so I did a little studying on this, and there's two major things that I got out of this. Whoa, this dude's a freaking character. And how much – I want to know how long it took you to write this and, and to do all the work on it. But so there's a famous saying in Germany. In, Amer in English, you say, kiss my ass. But in Germany, you do not say that. What you say is, he can lick my ass. And this dude, the Iron Hand, is the guy that came up with that phrase. Wow. He can lick my ass. Supposedly, he was a vulgar guy. I don't know. But anyway, that's the one thing I got out of it. And then the other thing, and I just want to read this because I think this is very important to, to this book. And then I'm going to let you go off of it. There's a professor, uh, Professor Anderman from uh, Freeburg that wrote, with this novel, Tom Cruff offers a contemporary literary process and the biography of, I can't say the Iron Hand's name, but Goetz van Berchlinschen, which has been moving for centuries. If I see it correctly, it's the very first ever been written across the Atlantic, meaning it's the first American to ever write about this guy, which I, hey, that's a freaking awesome feat. So Tom, let's hear about it. Yeah, wasn't that that was incredible that Dr. Alderman uh, was uh, was willing to, you know, take a look at it and, and write a little uh, thing on there. And so um, the first the first American that ever wrote and mentioned him, though, is actually Mark Twain. So Mark. Really? So Mark, yeah. And so that's the how I learned about him. And so, you know, you come, you go to Germany and you go to all these castles and you don't, you know, you don't really know too much about it if you haven't studied it. And, uh, and frankly, um, unless you're looking for a specific class on German history, you, you, you're not going to find it unless, you know, it's all about World War II, right? That's all what it's all yep. about. And so, 
uh, this, you know, this this character who he was, he was absolute character, and he lived in uh, the 1500s in uh, Reformation Germany, right, right when you know, you, you know, the Reformation was happening. Martin Luther was out there posting his 95 theses, and all these things were going on. And it's basically was the decline of the nobility, and so he was a you know a feudal baron. Um, so many things happened to him, and we know about because he wrote a biography, or he he wrote an autobiography, or someone wrote it about him because they kind of think he was illiterate. You know, some of the some of the professors and so forth, right? So he wrote something about himself, and he wrote it really super hilarious and funny about himself too, which was which is another interesting thing about him. But I learned about him from Mark Twain. Yeah, Mark, Mark Twain wrote in The Tramp Abroad a real funny joke uh, about this guy because, you know, Mark Twain, you know, went to Germany in the 1800s and um, the late 1800s and stayed in Heidelberg and traveled around. And then he wrote that travelogue about it, which is absolutely hilarious. And he wrote about this guy and he said, hey, there was an iron hand in every like town that he went to and everybody he went to said it was Gertz von Berlichingen's iron hand. Right. And it was a joke. Right. <laughs> You know, they were all trying to tell him it was his real hand. And then he was like, oh, and then I rode the horse that he rode. And then I, I stayed in the bed that he slept in and I ate the food that he had last night. You know, the guy's been dead hundreds of years, but you know, yeah. Mark Twain made a joke, right? And so, yeah. And so you can see on, you know, he's iron hand. Yeah, because, you know, when he was in his 20s, he lost his uh, his sword hand in a um, cannon, you know, cannon exploded on a battlefield out there and he lost his hand. And then, you know, he, he went on and he just made an, he made an iron one that actually articulated. And so when I when I read this in the A Tramp Abroad, when I was in Germany, we we're going to Heidelberg. And he said, "Let's just let's stop at this guy's castle because it's still there." You know, no way. And, uh, yeah, and so we stopped there and we stayed there. Nicole, uh, you know, the kids were tiny, you know, yeah. but we stayed there. And that was when, dude, I was a lieutenant, and that was the first time that I was like, okay, and that that kind of started the seed because I couldn't find anything anywhere about this guy, and it's true, everything. And you asked uh, Ian how long it took. Dude, this took forever, dude. Since I was a lieutenant, I didn't really start writing it until 2010 when I was on the second second time I was back there living in Hohenfeld, you know, uh, at uh, in Grafenbeer. So I really started writing it then because, you know, there was just nothing on him. And uh, yeah, the, the, the hits go on with him. He, you know, he, he yelled interesting things that are now, you know, hits and stuff. Goethe, who's, you know, the Shakespeare of... Uh, of uh, German, you know, German language, wrote uh, Faust and some other plays, of course, very famous. So he wrote a play called Gertz von Berlichingen. That's a play, but it wasn't based on, wasn't really based on anything um, that was uh, historically relevant. You know, it was, it was Goethe coming up with, uh, you know, kind of a tragic hero story. So he wrote that. So he's very, he's very famous in Germany. He's very famous. They do this, they, they redo his play every year at his castle in Juxthausen. Uh, how, how did I, I miss this? You know, but yeah, but you miss all these things if you don't, you know, get, you know, get in there. And I, I, I had no idea until I started doing it. So, um, yeah, it took a long, long time to write. And it's super boring because I put it full of so many details of things that I found out about it. So, you know, you know if you can work yourself through that, good for you. I, I would tell you if you, you know. The, the one redeeming thing, if you go to the back of it, there's a time historical timeline and that's probably worth the price itself because that took me forever to, to, to piece that reference. And it's all about the events that happened during that time frame. And for, you know, someone, of course, obviously you find out, you probably, think, yeah, I'm a big history nut. Those things are interesting to me. So I find them endlessly interesting. Uh, and so you have to probably also be 
a masochist to want to read that too. <laughs> it's pure history, yeah, with the, hopefully a little bit of entertainment. So go ahead, Coach. You got any questions? Because uh, if you don't, I got something to throw out at the end on this part here. Though. But go ahead. Well, I do. I think I, one of the things that uh, I think when Ian and I first started talking about writing a book, it's no big deal. I'll just start writing because I've written a lot. I didn't go to college so late in life. And so I love writing. But I got about two pages in. I'm like, uh, OK, what am I doing? So it's not it's not as easy as I thought uh, just to start writing, especially when you're writing about yourself or what do you put in? What do you not put in? You know, and so, I mean, when I saw the thickness of your book, I thought, wow, how long did that really take? So when you're, you're explaining that it, it took a while, it gives me hope. Ian's trying to tell me I need to write a book in a year. How am I going to write a book in a year? I can't write a book. in a year. Well, some people can do it, you know, coach. I mean, you know, mine is just, you know, you can say. You know, because both of them have a lot of history in them. And so half the time I found that, you know, these things were cathartic to me to research, too. So I spent half that time researching. And a lot of people, you know, I've, 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 read, I've, I've read some stuff about how to, you know, write, write novels and things. And there's a million ways to do it, of course. But I mean, I don't think you're wrong. Any way you want to do it is the right way. You know, for me, it just took a long time because, one, it was a big process. I didn't really have dedicated time to do it, you know, so, you know, I was still on active duty too. So both of these, like both of these books were done, um, you know, on the weekends and stuff like that. And, you know, it's always a time thing, right? I mean, when you're, you do another stuff, you're coaching right. and things. And, I mean, your summers, <laughs> your seasons, they're booked, man. I don't know how you right. would do it. So good, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, Vet, don't you have some information? Uh, I'm interested about the yeah. nonprofit with Andrew. Tell us a bit about yeah, that. we're going to hit Andrew up here real quick. But first, uh, Tom, how can we get your book? That's what we want to know. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're on Amazon. So they're right there on Amazon, which is a great thing. I want to tell you guys, too, you know, uh, you know, you can. Uh, they got all these uh, great apps and things that you can go. And, um, you know, you can download from Amazon Kindle Direct. So mine are all on Amazon. So, uh, you know, you can, you, can, you can just search uh, TD Krupp, right? And you can search the names of any of these and they'll, they'll, they'll pop up. And, um, you know, you can get them on Kindle. Um, but, if, but if you are going to publish, super easy way to do it. And, you know, it's interesting because there's a big shift, I think, with just, you know, publishing and things. And I want to get, I guess, all into, you know, books and books and, you know, sales and things. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not making any money off this. I mean, you know, I just said that I put 10 years into making it. I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to get that back. You know, so it's a, you know, you know, it was a uh, labor of love is, 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 is what they were, um, you know, but of course, you know, any any little bit you know helps i think it's great and for me it's just it, it's the coolness for me it was really the coolness of being able to get on there and order something and have it in your hand that is something that you did you know and for me it's more of that accomplishment than anything else um <laughs> that little bit of self-servingness there so know. what you're saying is is writing a book and getting paid is like doing podcasts you don't get paid nothing no yeah <laughs> yeah so but, but, but you guys is the way <laughs> more worthy so, than that for sure. I don't know about that. So Tom, we're gonna put you on pause for a few minutes, and we're gonna hit Andrew because Andrew's no. making a supper tonight, 
uh, um, apparently, and he got the little one there. But so, Andrew, tell us about the ride home. We want to hear I know. about that. So, the, yes. uh, it all kind of came to me uh, one night um, after you know, Sergeant First Class list come out, and I'm you know was really excited because I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I graduated SLC. I graduated, you know, from college, got my bachelor's degree. That's going to set me apart from everybody else. Let's come out, didn't get selected. And I was just extremely frustrated. So I was sitting at the kitchen table watching the Golden Girls drinking a cup of coffee. I'm like, you know, uh, I, I think I'm going to do something that's a little bit bigger than, you know, bigger than the Army and bigger than the, you know, bigger than the rank and everything like that. And it just kind of hit me that, uh, you know, there were too many, too many homeless uh, veterans or too many homeless uh, individuals around the Washington area. And, you know, unfortunately, statistically, you're looking at almost uh, 40,000 veterans, you know, facing homelessness uh, every day. And, you know, there's a lot of people that do, you know, marches for, you know, suicide awareness and things of that sort. So I had, I had taken into uh, road cycling and I figured that this would be a good opportunity for me to, uh, you know, do something uh, for, you know, people that didn't have the opportunity to, you know, better take care of themselves. So... Later that afternoon, a buddy of mine, uh, the gentleman that was in the picture with me, uh, he's one of my road cycling partners. You know, he come to the house. He's you know pulls me outside. He's like, "Hey, uh, I'm I'm going to do it with you." And sure enough, uh, you, know, you post something on Facebook, it pretty much becomes gospel, and put the word out a little bit. Started making a few connections, and here we are. And it's been nice. I got, uh, you know, USA Cycling on board. I have a uh, local personal trainer named John Ott, who owns a company called Yep Strength, who's been working on uh, diet programs and, you know, weight training programs to get me, you know, physically fit enough to ride the 2,300 miles. And it's, it's just been, you know, one little you know step forward more so than the other, and little by little I'm finding out that uh, you know more and more that you know my family's been very supportive. Uh, my wife she'll say, "Oh, I get it, you're tired, oh boohoo, but you need to get out on your bike in the afternoon after work and you know get a little, you know, 15 to 20 miles in." And it's like she's 100% right. <laughs> and uh, I, do my best, uh, I, I do my best to get out there as much as I can. So, so far, so good. But uh, still shoot, uh, she's a, uh, she has her uh, CDL. So she's been up and down to the West Coast a lot. So she's helping as far as the uh, routes concerned uh, from uh, Washington down to uh, Dallas. And then. Uh, my hospitality uh, professor at uh, Troy University, she gave me in contact with one of her uh, former students who's a regional manager for Dave and Buster. So Dave and Buster's in Auburn, Washington will essentially uh, send us off, and Dave and Buster's in Dallas, Texas will uh, you know, welcome us in.
So go ahead, Coach. You got some questions? Because I got some here in a second. Very cool. You had to ride a bike how many miles? 2,236, Coach. Man, that that's crazy. I can't. I, I don't like riding bikes. I, I I don't even mind. I don't mind a stairmaster, but to ride a stationary bike makes makes my legs burn. So I couldn't even imagine doing twenty three hundred miles, which is twenty twenty five miles a day. Is that what it is? Oh no, we uh. So the the average Tour de France rider goes approximately a hundred to hundred fifteen miles a day. So we're shooting for a hundred to a hundred and five. So, so are you going to do this like uh, the Forrest Gump thing, like start and don't stop till the <laughs> Starve, end? Starve, starve, starve. Are, are you going to do this like 300 miles this week and 700 miles next week? Or, or are you doing all one shot? 100 miles a day. The, the intent is wow. we have – I have no uh, breaks. No breaks. So I'm going to put on my Sarb Major hat. Make sure you blink, drink plenty of water. Okay, I don't well, care about yeah. your damn uh, uh, reflective belt, but drink plenty of water. So anyway, whoa, the weight, the weight, the weight's going to work. Is uh, I have a a, a a first lieutenant friend of mine. Uh, she's actually reaching out to a lot of the uh, local radio stations that are along the route and in the various towns that we're going to be going through. So that way. Uh, individuals can track us coming in as we go through, and then we can stop, talk to uh, local businesses, things of that sort. Um, my sister has a co-worker who her and her husband are station commanders for uh, American Legions down in Jacksonville, Florida. She's reaching out to the American Legions along the same route, and we're going to have uh, American Legion motorcycle riders escorted down, basically kind of like talking to the Wow. So um, th this is a question I got is you're raising awareness for the homeless veterans. Uh, are you? Is there any money being raised, or how will they get to them, if, if any of that stuff? So I'm partnered currently. I'm partnered with uh, an, an organization called Community Lifeline, who provides uh, shelter, uh, warm showers, food, uh, clothing, uh, things of that sort, and an organization called both out of the uh, Pacific Northwest. So funds that I raise go to buy materials that they need or supplies. And then get and they get distributed to those two centers, and then they take them to local uh, homeless communities, and then distribute from there. Wow, wow, um, that is incredible. So, uh, what I need you to do, Andrew, is uh, shoot us a link later, and I'll get it out on our page on how okay. we can get it out so people can pay attention to this. What's your date that you're going to start it on? You, you got a June long 1st, forecast, from my understanding. June 1st, 2023 is the day we take off at uh, 7 a.m. So we can expect you by Christmas down here in Texas. <laughs> 20 days, Sergeant. <laughs> wow, 20 days. Wow. That is freaking awesome. Well, yeah. So tell uh tell us tell us your website so we can get it out there to everybody and then I'm gonna get it later and I'll put it on our page as well. And the uh, ride so home twenty twenty three dot com. 
Ridehome2023.com. Roger that. All right. That is awesome. Well, Andrew, we thank you for that. And uh, what questions you got, Coach? I apologize. Well, first thing, uh, thing I want to say is, Andrew, that's an awesome thing to do. Um, I have worked at an organization that uh, used to be CPS Foster Kids, and I got those guys involved in the local, uh, helping the local homeless. And so many people don't realize how many homeless people are in their area. They're usually, you know, hidden away somewhere and you don't even know. And for, you know, it, it's, it breaks my heart to think that there's homeless veterans. But just to see normal, what we call homeless people that consider to be just normal Americans is bad enough. So I think what you're doing is amazing. So that's that's awesome. Um, well, one of the things that we're going to talk about. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Is uh, this is kind of a fun thing for me because my dad was a huge uh, movie fan. He, he he was a huge John Wayne fan, and he had VHS uh, VHS tapes of almost all of John Wayne's movies. So when I was a kid, I watched them. So when we think about this list, a couple of mine that popped up immediately that I was thinking of military movies were John Wayne movies. So I'll, I'll, I'll hold those for a minute, but we're going to talk about the top five military movies and to hear it from you guys, you know, that were in the military is going to be something for me because mine are probably going to be, you know, some wimp movie. I go, oh my God, I can't believe the guy picked this one as a military movie. So this ought to be interesting. So I, uh, you know, realistically, I got to So why don't we start out? Uh, go ahead. Oh. Um, we Were Soldiers is probably my favorite, followed by uh, Full Metal Jacket, mm. uh, Stripes. That's that's always a clever right. one. And uh, <laughs> you know, that, not not that I'm a huge, uh, you know, I, I don't want to call it sci-fi, but uh, Universal Soldier kind of kind of made me chuckle a little bit, especially being in the military for so long. Wow. I've never seen that. Eh. Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren. Eh. Oh. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Van Damme. All right. So, uh, Tom, what do you have? Tell me what you got. <laughs> well, what's funny is that um, I was just talking to some uh, eight, 18, 19 year olds, and uh, and I said something about kickboxer or some kind of Van Damme thing. And they're like, what are you like? What are you talking about? Like, have you guys. OK. Have you seen the YouTube where the guy does the split across the, uh, you know, the, the two semis that are driving? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we saw that. Yeah, that, that's Van Damme. <laughs> Come on now. Him. Yeah. No, that's a great one. You know, when you said stripes, I was thinking I immediately thought of um, Polly Shore. Do you. <laughs> Andrew, oh. do you do you remember Polly Shore's uh, like in the army movie or something? He was yeah, like, in the army now. He was like a water purifier. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that was That's ridiculous. Uh, I saw Polly Shore at a comedy club, and um, oh my gosh, that dude's aged, and he, whoo, yeah, he was funny though. But yeah, it was um, it's a little different. Yeah, but uh, last time I remember him was from like that in the army movie. <laughs> It's just hilarious. Yeah, but that's always good. Comedy is great. And you know what? And I'm like you, Andrew and uh, John, you know, um, I kind of shy away from a lot of army movies because I find myself that guy who's just like poking and saying that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And then I laugh at it all and stuff. But, you know, the movies that I watch and I like are all naval movies. OK, so I like um, I like you. Yeah, it's so weird because because one, I can't. Uh, 
I don't know if it's true or not. You know, maybe it's true. I don't know what these guys do on their boats, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So U571, I love that movie with uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey when he was young and, and not so like just crazy. Uh, you know, he, you know, he, re he, he recently wrote a book and it's the craziest thing. Go, go, go to a bookstore and look at Matthew McConaughey's autobiography. It's nut. It's nuts. It's just like scribbles and stuff. Okay. I don't even know. It's, it's really interesting. Matthew McConaughey. But anyway, he was in U571 and I saw this movie and I think I saw it, Griff, when I, I was a lieutenant. I had to be, and I was, I had to be around when we were serving together. It, it came out in Germany uh, because I remember him on that movie and he's a, he plays the XO of this uh, submarine, you know, and I, and I just remember it cause he's a Lieutenant, you know, and he's like, I'm the XO of whatever ship, you know? And I thought, Oh, okay. I'm a Lieutenant too. So that's cool. You know, or whatever. Right. And then, uh, and then he's got this really, this really cantankerous crusty old uh, NCO who's like this old sea dog who like whips him into shape when his captain dies and he's got to take over this other boat. Right. That wouldn't happen. But the other, and so that was like, oh yeah, I this guy, and he's and he's totally like that, <laughs> you know. So it hit home, and then it's a great it's a great show too because you know we happened to be in Germany at the time, so they got there was like an Enigma machine in it. The whole thing is they got this, you know, they, they they're trying to crack the code, and then we went, remember, and we went and saw an Enigma machine at the German, uh, you know, in uh, wherever that museum was in. Uh, Koblenz, Koblenz. It was in Koblenz, the military museum. They had an Enigma machine in there. Remember that? I think you're muted. Uh oh, Ian, I think you're muted. Sergeant Major, Sergeant Major. There we go. Uh, yeah, so one thing. First of all, that was up when we went to Ramagan. But the second thing, Coach, I will say this is, is when Army people watch military movies, it's not like anything you've ever seen before because we act fools in the movie. Everybody gets up there and screams like, shoot him again. And it, there's no quietness and nobody looking over. So like, shh, that don't happen. It is a freaking party because it's like. I went to, with the Air Force Academy and I watched Rambo with Air Force people. And when he freaking hacked them, I'm like, that's how you mother flippers kill a guy. You don't shoot them from the air with a bomb. You kill them with a machete. And they're all looking at me like I'm crazy because Army guys are like that stuff, man. It's just insane. So anyway, that's the first part. Oh, my so, God. Say, so when we talk about military stuff and that, that veins, here's another one, Coach. So my number one is 300. It's 300. It's about Sparta, the battle. It's Sparta, right? And, here, and here's, what that. here's what happened with that. Great I, when, when, when I was a company commander, that movie came out in uh, Fort Bragg. And uh, I knew it was coming out. And so I had my one of my lieutenants uh, go and uh, talk through the movie theater about getting that movie uh, pre-released and us being the first people to see it on Fort Bragg. And we did. We got a theater I took my company to see it. We got the day off, uh, you know, and we all went and saw 300. And that's exactly what happened in that movie. We even did a promotion. And we did a oh my gosh. during that movie. We had the theater all to ourselves. And it was the most spectacular thing. And I tell you, soldiers still, they still ping me on Facebook about that. They still do. They said it was the, the most craziest experience because the whole movie we're yelling. 
Because, you know, you watch 300 and it's just like a gory death thing, right? <laughs> Where it's just macho men you know, doing their thing. And you can imagine 200 paratroopers in there just going like, ah! you know, it was it was incredible. So, yeah, it was a show for sure. But, you know, I did want to mention the other movie that I got to say is uh, Predator. So Predator, look, now I just realized that I wrote a book. And I just <laughs> I just rewrote Predator. That's all I did. I didn't Joe even Arnold. Until just now. Yeah, but I love that. You know, old painless and uh, everything that has to do with Predator is awesome. <laughs> wow. So I, I have some different movies, Coach, and uh, I'm going to throw them out there real quick and get to yours. Is that all right, Coach? So uh, – I have Saving Private Ryan is number five. Oh, that's perfect. I haven't heard one of mine yet, so that's great. So, so wow. Saving Private Ryan was the first movie I saw that actually showed a gunfire scene that was similar to combat. It was just everything's coming at you at once. And so I really like that. The Longest Day, because it's so historically accurate. A movie called Gardens of Stone about people who worked at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and a young guy that wanted to become an officer. He's got D.B. Swinney and James Earl Jones in it. Full Metal Jacket. And then I got to say this one here is Gladiator. And when Tom and I were in Germany, he was pestering me. says, let's go get the tattoo of what was it called? Espor on our, on our shoulders. Let's go do it, Griff. Come on, man. Let's go do it. It ain't no way I'm putting a bumper sticker on, our, on this Ferrari. I'm telling you that right now. But he, he was all for that. He almost talked me into it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah yeah the senate and the roman people yeah that movie was great too yeah i love that one so what do you got coach well i'll tell you what i have is of course like i said in the beginning that my dad was a huge john wayne fan and i remember the first time that i actually saw the movie green berets i was like wow i love the movie green berets it's still that when it when it pops on tv i still want to watch it that and the Sands of Iwo Jima are like two of my favorite all-time John Wayne movies. Um, so I don't know if you've ever seen the Sands of Iwo Jima, but it's it's a great movie. Um, now this is probably you're going to probably laugh at me on this because this lets me let lets you know that I'm not in the military. But when I uh, heard Tom say that earlier, like you don't know if it's real or not. When I see a few good men, I always stop and watch it because I two two scenes in there always get me is when Tom Cruise is on the softball field. And they come out there and they're trying to get him to make the deal. And he's like, you know, he's acting like he's so stupid. And the, and the girl's like, well, I'm going to go ask someone else to, uh, you know, take over this case. He's like, well, no, you can go right down there to Pennsylvania Avenue and talk to that's my boss down there. I always wonder, did the Navy really say that the president is their boss? I doubt it. But anyway, I always think that's a great movie, A Few Good Men. But a recent movie is Midway. I don't know if you guys have seen Midway, but I love Midway for some reason. I mean, Pearl Harbor was a romantic movie midway to me was a great movie so yeah and uh, my last one on my list is hamburger hill i always loved hamburger hill no one ever brings up hamburger hill so anyway those are my well coach i think we had a good good segment today and uh i want to give a special thanks to andrew and tom for for taking the time to come hang out with us and uh and uh, we had on a person a few weeks ago. I'm going to give them a chance to talk at the end here. But we had Casey Luke come on a few weeks ago, and she got accepted her trip to Haiti. And uh, 
she's got a thing that she's going to ask for sponsorship. I'll throw it on her page as well in regards to that. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Andrew. Any closing words you got real quick, Andrew? Throw them out there for us. So it was uh, it was uh, pretty interesting to hear Tom mention, uh, you know, Mark Twain. So Mark Twain had a quote that said, the two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you discover why. So I got about two years to finish my why, and then uh, I'll make that my, you know, once I accomplish it, that'll be my third most important day. And the fourth will be whenever I help somebody else discover theirs. Wow, that's cool. great. Go ahead, Tom. What do you got? Oh, yeah, I can't compare to that. That thing's that. That's great. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Twain's a fantastic one. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know you were going to go intellectual with your movie, Sergeant Major. Okay. <laughs> I got some intellectual movies too, man. Right. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, really, let me think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty Shades of what? Is that? Yeah, what? yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, I appreciate, it, gentlemen, uh, you having uh, you, you having me on and everything that you guys are doing. I, again, you guys could be doing anything, and and uh, you know, it's uh, it's really a testament to to you guys' character to continue on in this way, and I I really appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah, I wish you guys all the success with season two. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Congratulations. Well, one of the things that I want to say, thank you. One of the things that I want to say is not it's 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 something that I don't see enough anymore. But I was teach. I'm also you guys. I don't know if you know this. I'm also a high school teacher. The last couple of years, I've been teaching inmates that are 18 to 50. But I still tell those guys the same way I told high school, you know, kids that I taught before is you have to respect your military guys. If you see them, shake their hand, tell them thank you. Uh, it was so amazing the other day. There was a, a guy that was in a wheelchair, and he had a Vietnam hat on, and I went and talked to him. And I felt kind of bad for a minute because he wanted to continue the conversation more than just normal because you could tell he was kind of alone. He was by himself. And that's one of the things that I think that we, we, we need to do more of is spend more time with people that are in the military that have retired and are getting older because I – I feel like they miss the camaraderie that you guys have that I see this laughter and fun that you have. But I think one of the things that happens when we get older is we might not have that many people around us. So I, I would want to tell anybody that watches this, man, reach out to that veteran, you know, even if it's an uncle, if it's a, a heck, even if it's an aunt, my sister has been in the military. She's retired now and she's absolutely an amazing individual, but whoever it is, just reach out to someone that's in the military might be getting a little bit older that just needs somebody to sit down and tell those stories with because you guys have some of the greatest stories and some of the greatest relationships that 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 are going on in, in our country right now and I think we need to do more of that. So I just want to say that you guys I really appreciate your service but also thank you so much for all you do. So from there, coach, I want to say to the coach and to the vet. Stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned. Ah. Uh -huh.